my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Trauma to Triumph podcast. I'm Annabelle Ingleton. I'm your host. I'm a trauma-informed coach. I help people heal their brain and body from the effects of trauma. And today we're going to talk about coping, triggers, trauma, and life. (laughs) Um, It's going to be a bit of a rant. I have no outline for the show because I feel really called to just talk about the the topic out of a genuine desire, out of my own experience, and out of many clients' recent experiences that I've had conversations with in the past week. And we're just gonna like go with it. Um, usually, I do have a bit of an outline. I know like points I want to cover and we don't have any of that today y'all but you guys know if you listen to the podcast you know me you know that I'm a I just go with it I'm not I mean I'm granted I am a planner I do like to be very efficient and get things done but when it comes to something or a topic like this I just kind of wanted to give my two cents and offer any type of insight that I can on this topic so I have recently decided I am gonna stop drinking alcohol this has been a decision that I've thought about for many, many, many months. Uh, recently, I have quit alcohol many times for years at a time when I was married with my ex-husband because we were attempting to manage what we believed were the symptoms of the alcohol usage in our marriage. Now, learning about trauma and healing and symptoms and behavioral adaptations and coping mechanisms and the effects of trauma on our, you know, the nervous system and the brain and the subconscious mind, I now know that we were dealing with symptoms. Obviously, we weren't dealing with the root cause issue. The root cause issue being the unhealed trauma itself. So, I want to talk to you guys about, let's just start talking, talking about the um, alcohol and what I believe to be a huge coping mechanism that is widely accepted and really glamorized and made to be sexy and made to be um, just accepted to use daily, if not as a celebratory thing, as just many, many things, okay? And you guys know that I've talked about coping mechanisms um, very often on the show. I talk about it on Instagram. I talk about it with my clients. It's really important. A big part of what I do with my clients is unpacking how trauma and attachment wounds, the effects of trauma and the effects of attachment wounds are showing up in their lives so that you can understand so they can completely understand that the result that they have right now which is usually people feeling stuck and feeling very unfulfilled or having to deal with huge issues and ramifications in their life that they don't want to be happening are and how it's how they're happening and how they were caused and and influenced by unhealed trauma okay so we unpack all this a lot of the work that we do initially is really like i always offer that i'm a big mirror to them and i've done this for myself obviously and coping with alcohol is something that a lot of people do and this is something that i was noticing i was doing pretty often 
at a very in a very mild way but in a way that I because of the work I do I can't like it's I can't unsee what I see I have a filter that is when you do this work all my clients always tell me too that they leave doing this work with this new literally a new filter you you can't unlearn what you what you learn with me <laughs> and we put a lot of gas in the tank okay there's a lot of wonderful things that my clients learn and that I hope you learn from the show and from like um the content that I share on Instagram and things like that and once you know certain things you can't unlearn it right and what learning things creates is a filter now to see and understand the world through And for me, for someone who constantly works with people to help them heal from the effects of their attachment wounds and trauma, it, I hear so many stories. I hear and learn about how not only the events that created the trauma, the disconnections, the ruptures, the abuse, the horrific, you know, fatalities and murders and diseases and um deaths and just everything okay that create this emotional dysregulation this inability to deal with the emotions that cause your body to feel stuck right and when i've seen it i get this message in my mind over and over and over like using alcohol and seeing okay not even not even using alcohol now but seeing that so many of my clients including myself including me and all my siblings we are the result and we have experienced trauma at the hands of our father and mother because of my father's alcoholic abuse right he was dealing with his trauma with all his stuff through coping with alcohol and caused the demise of our family and the breakup of their marriage and the physical and emotional verbal and psychological abuse that my mom then had and then I arguably believe that all of us children have now um, experienced and so and then I've seen all of the things that a lot of my clients have experienced and a lot of times at the hands of people who were inebriated who were drunk who were buzzed who were under the influence of substances And I remember very early this year, I want to say it was like January or February 2021, um, talking with a client that underwent something very horrific at the hands of someone who was um, drunk. And I remember thinking, how could I imbibe this substance knowing and seeing all the things that my clients have gone through and myself and So I say this to say that logically we can know that alcohol is a poison, that is a toxin, that it's ethanol, that it's this substance that is used to numb the body, okay? And we use it recreationally or as a means to anesthetize and numb our our brains and our bodies and our emotions from feeling the effects a lot of times of painful events in our lives. And I've, it's come up to me, I, I've had this like intuition or this feeling of uh, questioning my usage very many, many times. And I just, I've always kind of shoved it down because I thought I don't use it in a really, in a, in a quote unquote negative way. And I don't like using the words negative and um, wrong or bad or 
good or bad or negative or positive. I don't like labeling things like that. Things are things are neutral depending on what belief we put around them, right? So I didn't want to I, I didn't want to believe that I was using it in a in a coping way. I have a glass of wine a couple times a week in the evenings. Um, some t- and on the weekends, I'll have two to three. I'll sometimes get buzzed. I'll get drunk, but it's so it's not consistent enough, and it, it wasn't having, in my opinion, negative or bad effects on my life or unpleasant effects on my life to the point where I was thinking I have a problem. I'm an alcoholic. Nobody would ever classify me as an alcoholic. I don't think I wouldn't classify myself as one. But alcoholism is, I think, is very subjective. Everybody has a very different opinion of what that looks like, what it is, if you are one, if you're not, and who is one, okay? So for me, the effects of alcohol weren't quote-unquote bad. I have an amazing career. I have an amazing family. I'm healthy. I have, I pay my bills. I make great money. I have great friends. I have been able to have relationships arguably (laughs) romantic relationships um the you know i manage a great and thriving coaching business i feed my children i pay my bills on time you know every all the things that like nobody would think you know people would think and classify me as like a healthy person right but recently i noticed that after a recent breakup, um, I was leaning on alcohol a lot more than I'd like to. And I was justifying it because it was only like a glass a night. And it's like, just one glass is nothing. Like it's not doing that much to me. Right. But I was looking forward to the glass every night. I was using it as a means to like, logically, I would tell myself like, I want to feel good. Let me drink a glass of wine. And this is something that in logically I know I'm I was using it in a way to feel better, right? I was using an external substance to make myself feel better, to regulate my emotions. Honey child, this is something I preach to my clients all damn day. We don't cope. We try not to cope. And if we do cope, we give ourselves, you know, the we give ourselves grace and compassion and forgiveness and all that all those things um because we have to because there's some times that our firefighter parts are going to take over and they're going to say we need to feel good right now what the fuck can we do let's smoke some weed let's shop let's have sex let's um you know um drink some alcohol let's uh whatever anything to cope procrastinate watch netflix not go to work cancel our plans stay in bed right and those things work momentarily coping mechanisms work for the moment they keep you feeling safe in the moment or numb out feelings that are creating that feeling of unsafety right that feeling of whatever whatever emotion you're feeling the anxiety the sadness the anger the shame the guilt the fear the worry the stress the depression the doubt whatever it is and alcohol was doing that for me for the past I'd say month 
And again, I was doing it sparingly. It was never like this big old like, oh my God, I had this crazy thing happen when I got drunk and oh my God, I regret it. Nothing like that. Although I'll be completely transparent and say that um, I reached out to my ex when I was drunk. When I drank three glasses of wine, which is basically a fucking bottle of wine, okay? And said things to him that I normally would never say if I was completely sober, right? I got like the nerve to say the things I wanted to say or express myself or ask questions that I didn't ask when I was, when I, that I'm so, when I'm sober, right? And so, but I'll, I'll, what's really, really, really interesting guys is that that isn't even what made me feel compelled to stop the drinking. What made me feel and decide now to stop drinking alcohol was this weekend with my girlfriends and my sister and a friend. We went to Palm Springs. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw the funness that we had. It was so beautiful. We rented a big, beautiful house. And I mean, it was just us three, but it was gorgeous. Big old pool, beautiful home. We cooked steaks and shrimp and amazing food and and, um, relaxed and slept in and laughed and did just, I mean, laid out by the pool, tanned, stayed up late, slept in. It was just glorious. Relaxed, 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 relaxed. And I remember the first day we got there on a Friday afternoon. And I remember thinking that I didn't feel like drinking, that I had a cocktail simply because it's like, we, you know, we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a girl's weekend. We have to bring alcohol. And I remember having a cocktail and thinking, I don't even really feel like drinking, but I'm going to drink. And I remember noticing the thought, like being aware of the awareness of it, like being outside of myself and saying, wait, 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 you don't feel like drinking. And yet, like, why don't you feel like drinking? Like you're, you're out and you're having a good time. It's so weird. And I was drinking, I remember drinking thinking, I don't even want to be drinking right now, but I was drinking. But what I did notice is by the evening time, I wasn't drunk. I hadn't, I probably had had two cocktails, maybe three. I don't even know. But I remember make, making margaritas and palomas and putting a tiny bit, like not even like a shot of like tequila and Cointreau in my, in my cocktail. So not even enough to get, like, I didn't even have a buzz, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I remember thinking, why am I not drinking? Like I would drink, like say when I'm home feeling feeling all the feels about my breakup why am I not drinking right now and it was so and I and so I just thought it and and I didn't answer the question but I was like I'm gonna store that away make a note of this and I'm gonna come back to this on Sunday when I come back because this is the fucking brain that I have I'm a coach and I'm really I'm it's a freaking double-edged sword to be self-aware and because I know I'm aware of my of my feelings and I wish I could just like not be aware and just fucking cope all the time. But guess what? I'm called to a deeper to deeper work. I'm called to be a leader and I'm not given and afforded that luxury of just coping and doing things out of no awareness. Okay? So I have some moments where I don't. I have some moments where I'm just deep in it and I'm like subconsciously driven and I'm like what the fuck did I just do there aka my past relationship some of the stuff I did um but I am t- 
too aware of my awareness now. And so I remember thinking, I'm going to pack that away and put it away and then we'll talk about it Sunday or I'll think about it Sunday and kind of unpack it. So I did that Sunday, the next day too, we had, we'd spend a day at the pool and that day I remember my, my sister and I saying like, yeah, we're going to get drunk. Like I remember thinking I want to at least get a buzz. And I did, I got a little bit of a buzz. Maybe I did get, no, I didn't get drunk. Cause I, I remember everything when I get drunk, I literally like lose memory, which is fucking a whole other story. Horrific. Right. When you do that. So, and we're going to talk about the effects of alcohol guys. I'm literally having an episode on that next. So we, I had a buzz. We were singing in the pool. We spent the entire day in the pool. I mean, it was the best day. And then we went to this fun drag show and then um, went home. We were home by 1030, guys. Like super early in bed. I mean, it was, it's like we were just having, we were just having a fun, simple girls weekend. We weren't out there to party and meet all kinds of guys. Nothing I thought. It was just us girls relaxing, right? And that night again, had one cocktail when we like, after we were in the pool all day, had a couple cocktails, got buzzed, were singing and dancing in the pool, had the best time, got ready, went out to an amazing, amazing sushi dinner at a restaurant called Sandfish. Um, and who my sister's fiance, Zach got us, um, an amazing reservation for us straight at the bar. It was just so much fun. Thanks Zach. Um, and, um, and Troy, the, Troy, the bartender, was awesome. He has long, amazing hair, and he makes the, he made an amazing, amazing cocktail. So, listen, and I realize I'm saying this, guys, but co- some cocktails are really tastes have have really great flavors, right? Which is what lures us into drinking. But that's that's a whole other thing. So again, didn't get about nothing. I was just like, I wanted to enjoy the food. I drank two cocktails because they were so amazingly uh, just tasteful didn't get a buzz went to the drag show had a drink there just because out of like out of habit i think we ordered a cocktail had water a majority of the time and then we went home went to sleep and again i remember thinking going to bed thinking why am i not drinking why am i not trying to get drunk but i could be at home in my fucking bed with my kids sleeping in the other room and i feel compelled as soon as they go to sleep to get some wine and drink to the point where i'm having one two three cocktails right i mean glasses of wine why when i'm in a space where i literally can quote unquote drink have fun get drunk do i not want to so the next day i went to my my friends um susie and raquel's amazing live podcast event for the straight up sisters a podcast show that they had in pomona totally fun had a great time came home and i was like i need to unpack the shit out of this shit this weekend let's fucking dig into it and so this is what i came up with the reason I did not drink a lot to get drunk on Sat Friday and Saturday that weekend was because I felt safe, was because I felt happy, was because I felt connected. I'm purposely staying quiet after that, guys. I'm going to repeat that. I did not feel like drinking because I felt safe. I was happy. I was joyful. I was in bliss. I was playful. I was all the great emotions. And I felt connected to my sister and my friend, Diana, my new friend, Diana, who's amazing. She's so sweet. She's my sister's friend from work. They run um, two amazing autism centers out here in Southern California. Um, And I remember thinking, 
Sunday night when I was like just like thinking about it all and making notes and journal journaling and stuff I did not feel this way I didn't feel like drinking because I felt safe and connected I felt very ventral I was in my safe and connected social state of engagement guys okay this is the polyvagal ladder I'm getting neuroscience on you so take some motherfucking notes the polyvagal ladder the three nervous system states are ventral vagal on top then your that's your social that's your state of social engagement this is your safe and connected state this is your feeling of flow of happiness of connection of safety okay then below that is is sympathetic your fight or flight state this is your mobilized state where you have energy rushing through you where you're maybe feeling emotions like and it can be any emotion but it's energized it's where you feel like you need to protect yourself there's a threat of danger Okay, and you're you have a neuroception of threat in some way, whether it's interoception, proprioception, externoception. I'm doing a podcast episode on these guys in a week or two. Okay, um, so state so like sit tight, <laughs> and so when you're in that state of fight or flight, it's it could be anger, it could be resentment, it could be um, fear, worries, stress, anxiety, any of these very energized states and you feel like you need to do something to protect yourself okay it's a state of threat though of danger so and then the other state is the dorsal vagal state of immobilization and it's like that shut down or frozen state where it's a it's a threat of complete life threat okay this is life threat there, it be, forget danger where the tiger is like right there maybe coming after you which is your sympathetic fight or flight this is the state of dorsal vagal shutdown where you are in the mouth of the tiger there's nowhere to run the world is no longer safe and you need to shut down you feel immobilized you want to just this is where a lot of people feel depressed sad um super super like unmotivated you may even feel feelings of like laziness or tired or fatigue the world isn't safe the messages you get is i need to just take care of myself i can't be around other people get in bed put a blanket over my head type of feelings like that right you dissociate or you shut down so when i was with my sister and my friends this weekend i wasn't working i didn't have my kids my daughters were with their dad they were like very very safe and they were having a good time I wasn't working. I we had music and food, and we're in our bikinis and we're tanning. I mean, we had a, we were in a really we're having a great time. We're talking about ex boyfriends and our past traumas and how we've healed and how we've worked through, thing, worked through things and our careers. Just so many good things. Sharing war stories on dating, all the good stuff, and I felt really safe and connected. And my friends, here's what I want to offer. I believe that I because I felt very safe and connected. I didn't feel like I needed to get drunk. And the times that I have felt like I've needed to drink and and maybe maybe to the point of drunk is when I feel very unsafe, when I feel very lonely, when I feel disconnected from the world, when I feel emotions of abandonment, rejection, sadness, anger, shame, doubt, fear, worry, stress. And I think a lot of you guys can attest to this. And when we have these emotions and we're not choosing to self-regulate, which is to have awareness, notice the emotion, ask yourself why you're having this, understand what's causing it, and then managing our emotions through thoughts, our you know through you know thoughts or beliefs that we're having, right? Checking ourselves and saying, "I'm safe, nothing's going on, everything's good, life is good," you know, whatever. 
um, and or you use some type of you know coping like something to help you down regulate right or to feel better so you either take a couple deep breaths or you take a walk or you use mother nature and sun and outside regulation or you journal or you meditate there's lots of ways to self-regulate right or you co-regulate with someone else many things that you can do and but instead a lot of us lean on substances we lean on alcohol to numb the emotions to make us quote-unquote feel better they don't make you feel better guys this is what alcohol does it's it's anesthetic it's a depressant it literally numbs you so guess what you're not thinking you're not feeling and you start believing that everything is okay and that you feel better because you're no longer thinking the thoughts that are creating the nervous system reaction right of fear of sadness of anger or whatever you're not you're you feel better because you're not being activated by whatever threat you feel is is around you and so we tend to think that alcohol is making things feel better but we're just being numbed and listen the numbing feels good temporarily guys it does which is why i've learned that i would go to it because it does feel good in the moment but in the moment it also takes you offline and you're not present and you're not in full control of what you're doing and when you're not in full control of what you're doing what are you doing who is in control what could happen if you're not in full control and listen most people want to drink to feel that way to feel not in control they don't want to be in control. They're like, I'm fucking tired of being in control. I'm so busy all the time. I have a hectic work schedule. I manage my kids and my home and my life and my bills and my body and all this stuff. I, I want to just lose control a little bit. Let me drink. But it can lead to deleterious effects in your life. And although I don't think that I have these harmful effects in my life due to alcohol consumption, I work with people who have and who do i work with people who have had their life seriously and horribly impacted by at the hands of people who who did or who maybe they did themselves i myself am the sum of my past experiences and many of my traumatic past experiences were at the hand of an alcoholic father and and then I had issues with my marriage, which were caused by all of it was caught the, the negative effects. Anyway, the impactful things that caused to the demise of our marriage, which were triggers and all the things were caused by alcohol consumption. So I started thinking this weekend, why the fuck do I drink then? Why do I feel compelled to to drink if I know and I have like logical logical proof of such horrible painful experiences not only in my life but in all of my clients lives at the hands of the substance and I want I and I offer this question to you too if this is something that you've experienced why do we drink and I'll go back to the coping it's definitely to numb to not think to feel good and listen it's been socially glorified and glamorized to that drinking is like this cool thing to do and it's really acceptable it's no different than drugs 
cocaine, anything. Um, it's just been marketed and given to us in smaller doses where it's been made acceptable. And it's a very, it's, I believe it's a, it's a patriarchal uh, product. That's, and I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Um, so um, the effects of it can be, and I've, and we all probably know a lot of people who've had effects of, of alcohol consumption on their lives in a very impactful and harmful and unpleasant way. And so I started thinking, how can I in good conscience continue to drink and use this substance to quote unquote feel better when I know what it's done and what it can do and like the effects that it's had on my life so far. And what I noticed that it was doing to me recently, right? I started noticing I was leaning towards, I was like, like almost looking forward to my, my glass of wine every night. And I, it helped me. It made me feel better. And I, I believed that because I wasn't doing it in large doses that it was okay. But I was using it to cope. And I, it's so interesting to me that what caused me to, like what caused me to become aware of it more than anything was not because I got drunk and sent some texts to an ex more so it was how when I was feeling like really happy I didn't want to drink and I was just doing it out of habit it literally because alcohol is an addictive uh, substance it I was doing it because I was just used to socially drinking. Like this is what this is what we do. We go out, we go to dinner, we order a cocktail, we hang out, we have a weekend vacation. Drinks are flowing, right? It's like you're supposed to be drinking. But it's not helpful and it can lead to a bunch of bad shit. So I am offering this information to you guys because I'm now at a place where I've decided it's just not what I want to be doing anymore it doesn't have any positive effects in my life it's not helpful just think of hangovers y'all like that's if that's not enough (laughs) to make you want to stop like hangovers are so painful right that you just like lose a day of your life if you have a bad enough hangover and I have so many friends who have DUIs who've gone to jail who've hurt people who've abused other people who've like just so many things that have can happen from from being drunk or buzzed or whatever and I don't want to get to that point because I'm starting I started to notice that I was wanting it more and more often and listen I realized that I just went through a breakup that for me was a little bit harder than this is gonna sound so bad it was almost it felt a little harder I don't want to say it was harder than my marriage the marriage I think because the after we already decided to separate i wasn't like distraught and sad because the the demise of the marriage happened for years before so it was almost like i kind of got ready for it so it wasn't this like really impactful thing um during the time of course it was um for sure but this breakup affected me more because because of everything that i know and because of all the work that i've done it impacted me more in so many different ways um it impacted me because i was able to learn and see how I hurt someone due to my past trauma due to my unhealed wounds it helped me see what I was how how I was getting triggered what I was doing because of the triggering and now what I was doing to cope with the effects of it and I don't like it 
I don't like myself in it. I definitely don't want to see what could happen later if I continue down this path. So for me, it's been a really eye-opening experience just in the past couple months, but not so much just my personal things that I've gone through the past month or so, but understanding and knowing and respecting my clients and my potential clients' journeys and their life experiences and how alcohol could have or did or does play a role in their pain and their suffering and their and the effects of their trauma. I can't honestly in, in good conscience like continue to drink. So I'm recording this on Wednesday, October 6th. So it's been, this is my third day without drinking (laughs) and we're going to keep it going. Um, I wanted, I wanted to make this public and say this out loud and like for, for accountability and as a means to hopefully just shed some light on maybe your own experience. Um, this is my journey. This is my life. This is what I believe to be the best thing for me at the time. And whether it changes in the future, it may change. I'm not saying I'm quitting forever, but for now, I'm not drinking. It's I believe I'm called to do this for now and for the unforeseeable future. Um, it's important to me to stay accountable to you guys, to my friends and family, to everyone. And I wanted to make this like... I guess, public declaration of me not drinking um, to hold myself accountable. I think it's really important. And um, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on the topic. Um, I recently wrote a post. I think I wrote it yesterday. It was something to the effect of like, repeat after me. I forgive myself for the things I did to deal with the pain of my unhealed trauma. And I put hashtag coping and I was thinking about how the how I had drank and all those things. And, um, that was that I will, will say is my, was my go-to way of coping. And I think that because I was doing it in such small doses and such quote unquote unharmful ways, like a cup of, you know, glass of wine here and there, um, I was talking myself out of believing that I was coping but I'm here to say my ass was coping all day um and I don't want to I know these tools too well I know what I need to do I know how to regulate and how to do all the things I don't need alcohol to numb my senses and put me in a situation where I can just further hurt myself and hurt hurt other people through my actions when I'm under the substance So I'm going to hopefully record a couple more things on, I want to give you guys an informed opinion on alcohol. I'm reading two really great books right now. One of them is This Naked Mind by Annie Grace, and the other one is called Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. And I already read This Naked Mind many years ago when I was not drinking, when I was married. I'm listening to it again. I started listening to it on Sunday um, or maybe Monday, Monday, I think it was. And um, just to give me a refresher, because I think they're two amazing books and I'll link them here in the show notes that offer a really great, not only their own personal journey through what caused them to decide to stop drinking alcohol, but they give a lot of information about the 
effects of alcohol themselves, very scientific information to understand what alcohol is, what it does to the body and things like that. And um, they've been super, super helpful. My sister recommended Quit Like a Woman. I just downloaded it this morning and I've been listening to it all morning and it's really dope. So I'll link them in the show notes. I prefer audiobooks. That's how I consume books. Books, So that's those are the two I've been listening to. Um, and I want to stay accountable to you guys with it. Um, we all have different ways of coping. But it's important to understand, guys, that coping is a or drinking alcohol, I'm not going to say coping, just doing, let's just say alcohol, drinking alcohol is a way, is a, is a behavior that we do as a means to deal, typically, when you have the effects of trauma, right? To deal with the effects of unhealed trauma. Substance abuse is the same thing. When people smoke, do drugs, heroin, crack, meth, whatever it is that people do, um, I believe drug addiction is a symptom of unhealed trauma because we do use it as a way to numb our brain, numb our body to feel, to not feel the emotional dysregulation or the pain, the unpleasant emotions that we have usually because of unhealed trauma. So you guys have heard me say this before. Unhealed trauma creates limiting beliefs about yourself, which then gives you unpleasant emotions, which then creates thoughts and stories about the world, which then creates behaviors. And then you have a result which is your life. The behaviors are twofold. You have behavioral adaptations and you have coping mechanisms. They are both very, very different. Coping is something that I believe our parts, our firefighter parts, create the desire to do. It's present moment focused and there are things that we do in order to not feel pain right now or to feel better. We want to avoid pain or seek out pleasure. So it's numbing or it's avoidance or it's we're doing something to like we it's even like we break up with someone so we don't feel the pain of of possibly getting hurt or it's procrastination right not doing um, a sales task so that we don't get rejected or it's drinking alcohol so we don't feel the pain of of um, abandonment or loneliness or you know rejection or things like that okay um, or overeating or things like that so or shopping sex to feel better so you're either seeking pleasure or avoiding pain. And then a behavioral adaptation is a is what I believe is something that your manager parts do. And they're things that are very future focused. And they're things that we do in order to prevent pain. So maybe we are avoidant now. We don't we not we're not in relationships, so we don't get our heart broken. Or we don't start the business because we think we're gonna fail. Or we stay in a soul-sucking dead-end job that we hate because we're too fearful of taking the steps of, um, uh, you know, we or because we want the money that we, we think that it's um, giving us. We, it gives us safety, right? It gives us security. So that's, those are behavioral adaptations versus coping mechanisms. And so I know this enough. I know this model. I call it the trauma-informed model for healing. I'll put a diagram of it in the show notes. And I know this too much, guys, to know that when I was drinking, it was a coping mechanism. And if I'm coping, I'm like, what the fuck am I trying to cope from? What feelings am I feeling or what thoughts am I having that are creating this desire in me to feel to numb right now? And I know I rooted it back. I, you know, I do my little diagram and I went back and that's like, that's my abandonment wound. When I, when I am alone or lonely or what I deem to be lonely, when I'm single, it really triggers my abandonment wound and it 
makes me feel all kinds of motherfucking ways and it really wants to put me in shutdown i feel sad i feel bad i want to do all these things and drinking alcohol was is my preferred way of coping and i'm doing that shit no more so um i hope that makes sense to you guys the whole the model for for healing and i'm gonna oh, again i'll put a diagram in in the show notes so you guys can look at it and look at it from a backwards you know just like see it on, on paper um or not on paper but on screen you know what i mean because who the fuck uses paper <laughs> it's freaking 2021 so this is my let's say um not like i don't know not a testament or whatever but it's just me sharing this information with you guys i really want to stay accountable and it's important that i'm honest with you guys i try to be as transparent as possible i recently shared a post on monday about how healing is messy as fuck and how i my healing or like dealing with this emotional dysregulation because of a recent breakup was causing me to call into question like whether I was a good coach or whether I should even coach people and it just I was feeling all the feels and now I wanted to share yet another fully transparent and really um, honest experience that I'm having because of my trauma that I've experienced our, everyone's journey is so different guys this is mine and i really always want to offer a genuine view into you know what it looks like i hope i hope some of you guys can relate actually i hope none of you guys can relate i hope none of you guys are coping with alcohol but some of you guys probably are but i also i want to let you guys know that you're not alone and that people like me go through this and it's a journey and every day is very different and so this is what i'm i'm doing now to further cement and create and develop that secure attachment within myself so that my parts learn that I have their back and that I'm not going to listen to my firefighter part that wants to drink and numb and self-destruct because I'm not going to get a fucking DUI or possibly kill someone on the street or you know anything like that because of the effects of my of my trauma I know too much but listen, guys, just because we know a lot doesn't mean that we won't fall victim to the to the things. We're going to have setbacks, right? So normal. But I'm choosing to do, do this one extra thing in my life and cut out this particular substance so that I can manage and my healing process a lot better so that I can walk the walk, talk the talk, and learn to regulate my emotions a lot more effectively with the tools that I share with you guys. I hope this was helpful. I'm so curious about your guys' thoughts. If you're listening to this and you, it was whatever it is for you. I'm so curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Hit me up on Instagram, write a comment on one of my recent posts, send me a DM, write a comment on the show notes here on the podcast. You can find the show notes if you go into the um, notes part of the podcast. And I'm just curious about your thoughts and what you think. Um, I hope this was helpful. Again, it was more of a rant. I don't even know what this podcast episode is going to be called, but we're just, we, this is what we do, right? Um, thank you so much for being patient and listening to this episode. And I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.